Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You guys, Sean Rossap here for the Fightful.com podcast, November 30th edition. Second of the day, we did one. Well, we did half of one with Alex Palowski earlier to make, make up for uh, yesterday's SmackDown show that didn't get done. If you haven't visited Fightful.com today, go ahead and do that. Go look at our features. I have a long-form feature up on Gerald Harris, who fights this Friday uh, at Legacy FC. One of the most unjustified cuts of all time, in my opinion. Showdown Joe has a fantastic feature about GSP from uh, the Gentleman's Expo a few weeks ago. Obviously, some pertinent information considering the announcements today. We got a lot to talk about, from a main event of UFC Australia to the main event of the Tough Finale to a couple of Bellator shows. And Showdown Joe is here with us. Joe, how are you? What's up, Sean Rossap? What's up, everybody? Uh, I want to apologize ahead of time for my uh, my sinus congestion, my cold. I'm Towards the tail end of it, I did go see uh, a doctor. They said everything is fine, so it's just a matter of getting all the stuff out of my system. Two flights today did not help that, obviously, with that recycled air in the planes and stuff like that. Uh, funny story, though, Sean and everybody. I landed from Toronto in Atlanta, and my second plane was already boarding, and I was two terminals away. So you can Ooh. imagine my race with my congested lungs and carrying my laptop bag across the Atlanta airport trying to get to my flight. Luckily, they waited for me. They already, before I even got there, oh, you must be Mr. Ferraro. I'm like, yep. They're like, come over here, scan your boarding pass, and then bang <laughs> on the plane. And neither flight served food because they were both under three hours. So I had no food since I left my house. And I literally ate about 15 minutes ago. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to start getting tired in the middle of this. Uh, I apologize if I pass out on you, Sean. Well, we've got a big announcement today. You were in the air when this happened. The MMA... Athletes Association, consisting of board members Donald Cerrone, George St. Pierre, Tim Kennedy, who used some very colorful language, TJ Dillashaw, and Cain Velazquez. They are being advised by, of all people, to advise a 
fighter-friendly board. Bjorn Rebney, I guess he finally got back from Mexico. Because that was his last tweet two years ago, and we've not heard shit from him since. Not a, not a bit from him since. They want their fair share. They want to go from eight cents on the dollar to what Bjorn Rebney said, 53 cents on the dollar, but they would settle at 50-50. Uh, Bjorn Rebney said that his best year in MMA was when he did offer a 53% share to the fighters. Now, we don't know how many successful years he actually had in MMA because he ain't around anymore. Joe, what, what does it say to you that Bjorn Rebney is here? Because a lot of people are questioning his motives. He hasn't been paid for this work, so he says. Um, when we first got the news that this was going down, uh, and I'm not talking about the conversation I had with George St. Pierre at the Gentleman's Expo, which you know, I tried telling everybody there, there were some crazy bombs dropped there, and I tried to get uh, the HD video, and, and I'm still trying to procure the full interview uh, in HD quality for us to put up at Fightful.com. But that's when I knew something really big was going on because George was just dropping bombs in front of everybody. I was like, whoa, what's, whoa, what's going on here? And, and you know, Cain Velasquez, TJ Dillashaw, Cowboy Cerrone, Tim Kennedy, and Bjorn Rebney are involved. And, and immediately I, I tried to figure out, well, why is Bjorn Rebney involved? I don't, I don't understand uh, the association there other than perhaps he has an axe to grind eventually with Bellator uh, and Viacom. Uh, and I'm sure being a competitor to the UFC when he was Bellator, obviously there's, there's you know, some bad blood there. So anything he can do to get back, uh, you know, Dana White and the Zufa era, and now obviously a different era altogether uh, with new ownership, I, I can understand that. But I, I'm not sure exactly what he brings to the table other than being a former promoter. Uh, perhaps he knows a lot more and showcased and, and convinced others that he does know a lot more on what needs to be done. Uh, but I'm, I'm always kind of like, you know, do you want a former promoter doing this? for the fighters or is it the right person? For example, if, if you want to hire someone, the best person that's going to you know, secure your house is someone that perhaps got charged with break and enter. They know exactly what to avoid, right? So it might be a horrible analogy, but I think you know where I'm going with that. There's so much to talk about in this situation. Uh, like I said, Tim Kennedy used some very, very <laughs> colorful language, which I appreciated. Um, but basically it all boiled down to them getting their fair shots. And, and there were things like unfair title shots that were brought up and TJ Dillashaw said, you know, that's an issue, but that's not the issue. That's not the problem. That's not why we're here. Uh, ultimately he said, I don't give a damn about title shots. We're here. So we have a future. We want a pension. We want insurance. We want a safety net, uh, because there is no safety net after fighting. There are people as Tim Kennedy says, they can't fucking walk after their MMA careers. I couldn't agree with them more. If you if you were to tell the NFL players that they were going to get 8%, 8% of what the NFL brought in, you better believe you wouldn't see an NFL season this year. They, they would not fight. That was also brought up, the potential of a labor strike. We also saw people like Ian McCall hop on the call and say, and asked Tim Kennedy, hey, I know I'm talking to you later, but I want the media to hear this. How will you get me on board? How will you get everybody else on board? And they say they, – they had a really good response, Joe. They said, well, we've got representatives from four of the five biggest gyms in the world here right now. That's a good start. I think that is a good start, Joe. When this first – I mean the, the, trying to put together 
a union or a mixed martial arts fighters association has been going on for a very long time. If, if anyone that doesn't know, just, you know, literally Google it, you'll find a lot of information out there. But it, the, the challenge always was who was going to be involved at the top level, because in order to really put together a union, if you study most unions in sport, the majority of them, you know, let me, let me interrupt you. Sorry. Let me, let me interrupt you here. Bjorn Rebney was very careful to say, this is not a union because these are not, uh, employees. They're independent contractors, so therefore they will be considered a uh, an association. The reason for this is, is because if you try to start a labor union like this, it'll back things up four to five years. What they're seeking is basically players association benefits uh, as well as a settlement to help out former fighters as well. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I had to clear that up. No, no, perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, obviously, I wasn't, I wasn't able... To, to, to dial it to the call when I'm on a plane 30,000 feet above the ground. Uh, but thank you very much. So, so it's an association, uh, tomato, tomato. All right, cool. Um, in essence, I, I get – so in order, in order to really get this ball rolling, uh, what I was trying to mention was you needed big players. You needed somebody big that would take a stand. George St. Pierre, one of those guys. Kane Velasquez, you know, a, a top five heavyweight, uh, former champion. TJ Dillashaw, former champion. Cowboy Cerrone, who I've always was under the impression had a, an amazing relationship uh, with the UFC, but I guess somebody showed him, hey, man, you made a lot of money over your career, but guess what? All those fights and fighting on, on two days' notice and just always wanting to step up so you could make more money, well, you could have made this much money if it was 50-50, and I bet you Cowboy's eyes probably rolled over and said, what? Right? So, I mean, it, it, George first, when he first dropped the gentleman. Expo, for, you know, he was making a lot more than that. I, I wasn't aware it was 8%. Uh, and that's George St. Pierre, Sean. Yeah. That the other guys are not making 8%. It's much, 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 much lower than that. So you needed the big names to get involved. George St. Pierre came Alaska's, and um, Tim Kennedy may not have a big name, but he's coming towards the tail end of his career, and he's going to step up and say whatever he wants to say right now because realistically he doesn't have anything to lose at this point. Cerrone brought up how he would lose $10,000 from a check due to medical testing, and he never knew why. If, if he's got a fight for this company, that, that should be taken care of. Uh, you had GSP say not even Conor McGregor gets the amount that he deserves, and I got to agree. I got to agree with that. Well, you and I talked about it before. Uh, Conor McGregor is not going to sit down and – and stand pat anymore. We, we said it for a long time. This is a guy that eventually, slowly but surely, is going to have the right people behind him that are going to say, hey, guess what? You know what, Connor? You can make a lot more money than what you're making right now. Oh, you, you're liking that $150 million? Guess what? You could be making $500 million. You could be whatever it is. That, that, that's obviously a, a very high number there. But people <laughs> around Connor are going to start telling him, hey, you know what? You think you're making money now. This is what you should be making. So guess what? You may want to jump on this. Oh, by the way, uh, your featherweight title uh, is stripped. So what do you want to do about that? Bjorn Rebney was asked about CAA, which represents these fighters that, that were mentioned. CAA is the rival to WMEIMG. Uh, Rebney says CAA is not involved, but their job is to support their clients, and they will do that. Um, Rebney told uh, Rebney says that Ari Emanuel told investors they will achieve a fifty percent margin revenue by cutting costs in every area possible, and Rebney claims that the uh, WME IMG are paying themselves 
$25 million a year for management duties. Does that surprise you? Well, if that's the truth, we got a problem here. Sure. That's a huge sure, problem. That's... That's, that's like, hey, man, I, I understand. Listen, you, you don't got to convince me about business. Uh, I'm a guy that, that handles a lot of finances for a lot of people and with, with my mortgage business. I understand investing. Uh, I don't understand it fully, but I understand, you know, obviously a return on investment. I understand taxes and stuff like that, mostly in Canada, of course. Uh, but when it comes to businesses of that nature, of that magnitude, uh, and especially when you're talking about the athletes and the fighters that are, that are ones that are, are really putting on this money, uh, I understand the promotions are putting up the money and the mass marketing machine behind it uh, and the money that is spent to promote an event, whether it's local advertising, whether it's, it's getting it out there and, and, and you know television deals and stuff like that. But they are generating a lot of revenue and these fighters are suffering. They're the ones that, you know, and, and I guess if Tim Kennedy, you want, you want to word it the way he worded it, these guys are having a hard time at the end of their careers. And, and you know, George in the interview with myself, he basically said there's guys out there that, that are not the same people when they started mixed martial arts as what they are right now. And that's, that's listen, it's not ping pong. You're getting punched in the head. You're getting kicked in the head. There, there's going to be brain damage. So there, if, if you're willing to take that risk, you know, hopefully you are going to be, you know, compensated for it. But I will say this, and it, it's not, don't call it devil's, you can call it devil's advocate if you like, but I'm just simply saying no one has ever told anyone you have to sign here. They are doing it at a free will. They do have contracts. I'm assuming they've all had a lawyer look over the contract, and they understand the risks that are involved. But that's not to say they don't deserve a lot more than what they're getting right now. They definitely do. Now, there are some glaring issues, and I am far from an expert on any labor situation. As I said on previous podcasts, I think almost every profession should have labor unions. From fighters to, to nurse aides that take care of people at nursing homes and hospitals and stuff. I think they should all have it. Okay, so you're starting a fighters association with a guy who was notoriously not fighter friendly. Like, I don't like to reveal the long form features that I work on until like literally maybe the until the moment it drops. I have been working on a Scott Coker versus Bjorn Rebney long form feature for like the last several months, getting quotes. I, I would say probably about 5% of the quotes that I have gotten about Bjorn Rebney are positive, and I've tried. I've went out of my way to like say, well, what, what good can you say about him? It ain't happening a lot, Joe. Um, also, I mean, they want to get all these fighters on board, but they have like self-appointed board members. That's the type of thing that, that is generally you would think would be elected in something like that. They have investors as well, apparently. They have an office in – I think Anaheim, Los Angeles, somewhere out there. It, it's in it's in California. Somebody is paying into this, but I don't think there's supposed to be much of a financial gain on that outside of the fighters. Now, I could be wrong. Uh, also, they want to reach out to the MMA Fighters Association. I'm interested to see how that goes. Randy Couture has questioned Bjorn Rebney's motives, but said that he's more than willing to talk. Uh, Leslie Smith said that she's willing to to jump aboard. Uh, there, there's a lot of questions, and a lot of the people who I have seen championing the idea of of associations or labor unions, things like that, really questioned this. I will say this. They had to get big names on board, and they had some big names on board. That's an important part, Joe. Well, it's absolutely huge. I mean, that, 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 that's the key element that was missing for the longest time. 
Um, in regards to Bjorn Rebney, experience Bjorn, with Bjorn Rebney, and that was at Casino Rama. It was about 90 minutes or so north of Toronto when Bellator had a show there. Uh, and it was one of maybe interviews in my life where I basically, I cut it short. No, th- thank you very much for your time. And I just, I just felt he wasn't being honest with me at all with any of the answers. Um, it, again, and I've, I've told the story before actually publicly, and, and this was, it could have been strictly an ego play on my part, but I just felt like the look in my eye when I was looking in Bjorn's eyes was, dude, I don't think you have any idea who you know who you're talking to. You're not telling the truth. So I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not, every, every answer you're giving me is simply not the truth. So I'm going to end this interview. Thank you very much for your time. That's what was going through my head. Um, and after that, I began talking to other people about him. And even today, uh, with some of the people that are down here, Florida's huge. Tons of fight camps here, fight club or fight clubs, fight uh, academies and stuff like that. Um, they all shook their heads about Bjorn Rebney. They're like, what is, nobody likes him. Like, what's going on? Um, and again, my only experience with him was three minutes, if that. Uh, other than that, it was just, it, it was what it was. For all I know, Sean, he's probably a great guy, uh, I, I don't, but my experience with him wasn't positive. That's really it. The, the, the conference call lasted two hours. Two hours. I knew it was going to be a long one. They said they had 100 media members on the call. There were a lot of other tidbits. We have a full rundown on Fightful.com. Head over there. Check it out. Uh, We also had the full audio up on our YouTube. So go subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. Also, that is up on our iTunes as well. Subscribe there. But Fightful.com is where you can get all that news, all of the uh, the highlights from the Q&A, either via audio or video. And the news didn't stop there. Just minutes before we went on air, really, it was revealed that Conor McGregor has been granted a license to box in the state of California, Joe. You're kidding me, right? No. And he's applying elsewhere, I've been told. Oh, boy. Conor McGregor. What are you doing, Conor McGregor? You are rocking the boat again and again and again. This is This is – Man, this kid is on fire. Um, again, that post-fight interview with Joe Rogan when all he wanted was the other belt. And what did he call the UC Cheap bastards or something like that? And blah, blah. They sold this company for X amount of money. And they can't even give you my second belt. It's I, I saw this coming. You and I talked about it so many times. I saw this coming a long time ago. This is a guy. And now that he's got this money, it's going to wreak a lot of havoc. And uh, there's a guy by the name of John Nash who writes for Bloody Elbow who wrote an article in May outlining how Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather could happen without the UFC's permission. Uh, I've retweeted that on my my timeline. Go check that out. It is (laughs) – this guy knows his stuff and seems to think it's possible considering the restrictions of a UFC contract, especially as it relates to independent contractors. Does he destroy your WrestleMania thought? (laughs) Does he – what is it? The WrestleMania, the only way we can see Conor McGregor oh, no. Floyd Mayweather would be at WrestleMania? Oh, you better believe the UFC owes WWE right now. They gave him Brock Lesnar. They are the reason why UFC 200 did 1 million buys right now. Otherwise, it would have done about 500,000 maybe without Brock Lesnar on that show that night. Yeah, I believe so, it. So uh, 
they they do owe WWE a big favor, and McGregor is a big favor. But yeah, Conor McGregor there. Now, we had a show, an Australia show that we didn't cover. We didn't do a podcast. It wasn't big enough, to be quite honest with you. But let me just fix this gain on my mic. Didn't mean to come across a little loud to some of you on the podcast. But anyway, Robert Whitaker, Derek Brunson, <laughs> this fight. And we're going to get into more news, of course. Derek Brunson decided to lead with his face throughout this fight. Now, it was a hell of a fight to watch. It was a lot of fun to watch, <laughs> But why is he, is he doing this? That's Derek Brunson. I, I, you know what? I'm watching the fight, and I'm thinking to myself, five minutes, right? He knows it's a 25-minute fight. And if you do what you're doing, you're going to last two and a half, three minutes because at the fourth minute, you are going to have to recover. I don't care who you are. Your body cannot go at that pace. I don't care how finely tuned and conditioned you are as an athlete. You cannot go two and a half, three minutes at that pace without your body saying, hey, I need oxygen. I need oxygen. Deep breaths, deep breaths, deep breaths. 25-minute fight, he's doing that. And I'm going to lie to you. I thought he was going to finish off Whitaker for a second. And I was like, Robert's in trouble, Robert's in trouble. And then next thing you know, it's like, uh-oh, there you go. You went from first to fifth, fifth gear down to fourth to third to second. You are now in neutral. You are in big trouble. And there was like two minutes left in the round. And I'm like, you're in big trouble. So uh, I think there was a flaw in the strategy there or the execution of whatever strategy he did have. And uh, although your, your example there was comical, yeah, it, it makes sense there, Sean. there Sean I think we've lost uh, Sean Ross out there ladies and gentlemen not sure if you guys can hear him I think he's got a message board there on the left hand side of his screen if you can message him if you can hear him I don't know what's going on here but uh, his head knocked uh, some audio out but but either way, Derek Brunson, the way he competed, uh, can't hear you, bud. Giving you the thumbs up, thumbs down right now. Can't hear you, my friend. Sean's upset. We're going to have to try to figure this out. Somewhere in his room right now. I'm not too sure. But uh, we'll see if Sean maybe signs off and maybe sign back in. But the whole Derek Brunson, Robert Whitaker thing does a lot of – I mean, what it does for that middleweight division is absolutely fantastic for the UFC because Whitaker, we were talking about at least one podcast ago, if not two podcasts ago, some of the articles that were online specifically speaking about the fact that, hey, if Whitaker does well, there's obviously uh, Musasi. So, that, but yeah, it looks like uh, we lost Sean still. Sean's still trying to sign in here, guys. Bear with us. But uh, I, I did get some tweets about, you know, what was happening at UFC 206 in Toronto when, you know, Rumble and, and DC were no longer – you know, would, would Jacare and Musasi potentially step up there? That was an example. We're trying to think about what was happening with the Musasi fight. So, um, with Musasi, or sorry, with the Whitaker fight. So, you see that it remains to be seen what is going to happen um, with UFC 206. And, and what we're talking about Conor McGregor there. 
subscript to that title is almost just, you know, I, I read some really good posts out there because when I first heard the news, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't watching the broadcast when John Anik did mention it, but I was watching, or I, I, when I found out the news that he had been stripped uh, of the featherweight title, and the next thing you know, the featherweight interim title uh, would be between Max Holloway and, of course, Anthony Pettis. I thought to myself, wow, that's, there, there's different ways of doing this, but... but that, that that was pretty disturbing in my in my opinion. I almost felt like Connor didn't even know. I'm sure they probably did contact him, but it was as if I, I don't know what ended up happening there. Um, I see Sean Rossap probably scrambling in the background there. Can't hear you, buddy. We don't have any audio from you whatsoever. Don't know if you want to sign out or. Sign- you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdrafts up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. I'm back in if that's a possibility, but... If it's not, next uh, 45 minutes just yapping. Um, so I was mentioning the fact that, you know, Anthony Pettis and now Max Holloway are fighting for the interim title. And it's, it's one of those things that gets thrown, that interim word just keeps getting thrown around like crazy. Um, and we talked about if Connor was to ever, ever be stripped of that featherweight title, they would make Jose Aldo Jr. the official champion. And then I started seeing all those gifts coming out of the various Conor McGregor knocking him out and punching his face saying, Hey, Jose, wake up. You got your belt back. So it's just been an absolute, I could just imagine what's, what's going on um, in, in Conor's head. And, you know, Sean mentions to the fact that next thing you know, he gets, uh, he gets his boxing license in California and Conor McGregor is a different breed. Ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you right now, this is a different guy. Um, if you haven't figured it out yet, you're probably figuring it out now. This guy here, beats to the tune of his own drum. Um, now that he's got all this money, and if he has the right people around him investing the money accordingly so his money makes money for him, uh, he can probably never, ever fight again if he's smart. Can't hear you, Sean. I know you're smiling back there trying to figure this out, but I can't hear you, brother. Um, yeah, Conor McGregor's people, uh, and I know some of the people that are around him, uh, management and stuff like that, if they invest his money correctly, he never has to fight again. So if you have that mentality and you're smart enough, um, you can do whatever you want. And I, I definitely want to read that article that, that Sean was mentioning um, regarding Elba. I forgot what his name was, but the some way, somehow, understand if there's a possibility that Conor McGregor – can't hear you, Sean. Uh, <laughs> if there's a possibility that Conor McGregor can actually fight Floyd Mayweather in a boxing bout around the UFC contract, man, that would be a massive game changer. And that is probably the understatement of the year because some way, somehow, if that can happen, then that opens the door for every single fighter on the UFC roster 
uh, to some way, somehow do what they want to do. Um, got to wonder if that's just for boxing. Uh, and I'm just, just throwing this out there. If that's just for boxing, if it's also for MMA, if it's for any other type uh, of sport, because we all know that other guys will get, you know, they, they, they do get the UFC's permission to compete in grappling events. Like we know John Jones was doing it recently. Uh, we know many other guys have competed uh, in grappling events. Um, but if a precedent could be set by um, Conor McGregor, that would be absolutely interesting. I got a secret message here from Sean Rostap. Um, maybe you guys, I should read it to you guys. Your text, but can't hear you. Um, one irony, and I'm not sure if you guys can actually see this, but I'll show you my shirt right here. Hopefully you guys can see this. Timothy Elliott. Timothy Elliott, yes, he is the champion here at Titan FC on loan to the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He will be fighting Muddy Mouse for the UFC Flyweight Champion. Uh, and I know I was biased from day one when I said that Timothy Elliott would win the Ultimate Fighter uh, Tournament of Champions, uh, and he did so, and he's fighting uh, and, or, Rebel Johnson, Muddy Mouse Johnson. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to that scrap. Um, and obviously, Muddy Mouse is heavily favored in this fight, but I wouldn't put it past Timothy Johnson uh, to some way somehow catch uh, Muddy Mouse. Muddy Mouse, to me, is is the perfect mixed martial artist. He's got the most unbelievable technique uh, that I've ever seen uh, live in front of my eyes, both in action uh, and just sparring and training and doing technique. Uh, but Timothy Elliott is arguably the most exciting fighter that I've ever seen, especially when I was calling fights, because I just I, I, I said he was in the Matrix. The, the kid fights like he's in the Matrix. He's absolutely fantastic, does crazy things, uh, and just imagine now, I don't, I don't know how he's going to deal with the speed of Money Mills because let's face it, 125 pounds, these are the fastest men on the planet when, when it comes to combat sports. Pretty sure at 115 pounds, they'd be, they'd be quicker at Adam weight. I believe it is. But um, yeah, Tim Elliott, that, that's going to be an absolutely ridiculous uh, main event here. Um, Don Tesson Warren, uh, if I can get him to come back on, I'd rather Sean talk about the Bellator stuff because he is so entrenched in that and understands it for, or, or sees it much more than me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm this weekend. I'm definitely focused uh, on Titan FC because we got three title fights here. Um, the gentleman who was taking on uh, or who had the interim title here uh, for the flyweight championship at Titan, uh, jo, um, Jose Torres, uh, Shorty, fortunately he's off the card with his opponent Pedro. The very last workout, to my understanding, the very last workout, uh, he was scheduled to leave Brazil at 9 p.m., 4 p.m., and apparently hurt his knee. Um, and I, I don't want to release the, the severity of the damage without his people saying it first, uh, but it's one of those, I could say, it's, it's hopefully not a career killer, if you know what I'm saying. So if you know anything about uh, knee injuries, it's pretty bad. Um, so hopefully Pedro comes back. Very, very soon. Uh, it sucks that we don't get to see Shorty Torres compete. We do have some incredible fights. Um, it's another weekend full of mixed martial arts. Uh, for those of you who wish, wish you guys could see Sean's face right now, he is just stunned at the fact that podcast right now. So I do kind of feel bad for him. Is I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, he is working on trying to fix the audio because there are things that are popping up on my screen. I wish I had something that I could interact with you guys. I don't know if I have the available the availability here. Bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just looking through my screen here. If I have anything that will show up here. Uh, I've opened up something that says 
a Q and A. Uh, can't do that. Not going to work for me. Love to have you guys throw some Q and A on for me. Nope. Yeah. So uh, an interesting time for 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 mixed martial arts, especially with this fighters association. Um, make sure you guys hit me and shut up on social media. Um, you know, at Showdown Joe because. I've always wanted this show to be very interactive. I know Sean has the ability there to see some stuff. Uh, I love the fact that whenever we do our post podcast for the UFC, we basically get this. Sean is able Test. to get information for the uh, podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I hear Sean Ross. Oh, voice. snap. <laughs> I lost you. You're not, you're not on my screen, though, but I can hear your voice. It's okay. You all don't need to see my face. You can see me maybe in this little corner down here. The reason is I am logged on under a different account. I don't know what the hell's up with the technical issues. Google has been a bit of a bitch today over the last 24 hours. We had to move our show from last night to this afternoon. Then this afternoon, uh, I thought that I had muted Alex on accident. As it turns out, Google screwed that up too. Maybe I screwed it up, but I'm not going to take the blame. I'm not taking the blame for it. You all don't need to see my face to understand uh, what I'm doing here. Maybe maybe I can figure out another little camera issue here. I think I can do that. Sure, nope. you'll just have me in two angles. Here we go. I bet you all can see me now. Maybe not. Who gives a shit? Either way, so this this Tim Elliott thing, and I know he's one of – you boys, but this is a guy who did get bounced from the UFC last year for losing three fights in a row. Now, it was against top UFC flyweight level talent, and the amount of growing that he has done in that year and a half, two years, is it's unmeasurable. It's really, really hard to, to, to put a, a stamp on how much improvement he's made over, and he stayed so active too. But Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. We're talking about one of the best fighters, not just today. We're talking of all time, Joe. Where is he on your pound for pound list? Mighty Mouse? He's up there with Conor McGregor because Conor McGregor McGregor has won fights across three divisions. Yeah. So he's up there. And, and it depends on if you ain't right. He's number one right now. No, but he he uh, he he's won at what at one thirty five in WEC and then one twenty five in the UFC, right? Correct. He hasn't gone. He hasn't gone. He never fought at one forty five in his career. I think maybe he did fight at one forty five. Let me let me let me look. Yeah, but Mighty Mouse is just he he is the 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 perfect mixed martial artist in my opinion. But then you got Conor McGregor, who's just that left hand and and the way he just with it i mean i can understand why people make him uh number one as well or if he's number two but yeah the, the, these two guys are something else but in, in terms of, of of technique uh my edge goes to money most johnson for sure yeah he, he's only fought at 35 and 25 and the thing is he's got two losses one to dominic cruz one a, another one of the greatest fighters of all time and brad pickett now the reason these two losses mean less to me than normal is because, I mean, geez, he wasn't training full-time. Yeah, that's right. He didn't start training full-time until after the first McCall fight that ended up being a draw. So yeah. the fact that he was, he was able to, to uh, just change things up after that and, and become this dominant force 
that says something. The kid, I remember. I actually, I remember. I think, I think he fought Miguel Torres one time. Was it in Montreal or in Vancouver? And that was a close fight. That that could have gone to Miguel Torres, but Buddy Mouse, when he, you're right, when he started training full time, it was something else, man. And 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 the kid just goes on and on. It's just an unbelievable athlete to watch, and it sucks because the vast majority of the public don't give him the respect that he deserves because he fights at 125 pounds. You know, and this is listen, man. This is what the human body looks like and what it does uh, as a smaller. Man, you're faster. You're more explosive. <laughs> Good luck holding right? a 125-pounder down because they can pop up to their feet so What's so that? easy. Are you able to hear me? Okay. Good luck keeping yeah. a guy like Mighty Mouse Johnson on his back because he's a shorter guy. It doesn't take a lot to get his legs underneath him. Do you the, – the utter disrespect that he showed to Henry Cejudo this year was unlike anything I've ever seen. He went into the clinch – with a gold medalist in Olympic wrestling. Then when he got taken down, he popped in his feet, popped his feet inside uh, the, the thighs of Cejudo, then launched him into the air and said, well, I think I'm done with that. I'm just going to knee you repeatedly until you stop fighting. It was no problem for him. It wasn't even an issue. Psychotic. Uh, that's not the only big flyweight fight on that show. Um we have Benavidez versus Henry Cejudo, and damn, that's a fight. But I think ben, I think Benavidez is going to absolutely work Cejudo. I just don't think Cejudo's on the level. I don't know. That's, that's a very, very – I haven't looked at the numbers myself, and I know the numbers, you know, paper doesn't fight paper, but I'm going to have to really pay attention to this and try to understand exactly what plan – it's going to have to differ uh, to beat a guy like Benavides because Benavides, you know, he's not old. Don't get me wrong. He's not old, but he's got mileage. And so does Cejudo, but it's not MMA mileage. Um, I, I really like this fight. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a pick em fight either way. And, you know, but I love when Sean Ross Sapp does, you know, stick his pitchfork in the ground and says, this is how it's going to go, Joe. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be paying close attention again, Sean. Have I ever been wrong? I'm going to start tabulating this now. You should. I think if Cejudo faces Formiga today, I think Formiga beats him, despite the fact that I had it 30-27 for uh, Cejudo when they fought. That was that was an utterly ridiculous split decision, in, in my opinion. The fact that Formiga got one of those cards. But I think Cejudo has been broken by, by Demetrius you, Johnson. You think so? Oh, yeah. Spe- speaking of broken, we have a couple of – relics that Ronda Rousey just eviscerated in Alexis Davis and Sarah McMahon. Um, but this is still a big fight in that division. This is a fight that that you thought would have probably been made before this in, in the UFC. But um, Sarah McMahon, Alexis Davis, who you got? I'll go with Sarah McMahon. I don't, I don't ever go against Canadians. But um, Sarah McMahon to me is is – not that one fighter. There's so many fighters, Sean, in mixed martial arts that you look at and you're like, could have been a lot more. Should have been a lot more. Um, I really think if, if Ronda Rousey could have – obviously it turned out different because she, I think she was winning the boxing battle. She got need, and I think that fight changed drastically. 
Uh, it was a quick one, but um, I just think what, what Sarah brings to the table, I think she's just going to take down and just punish her and punish her and punish her until something comes up, whether it's a TKO or some sort of submission. Um, actually, I don't think she'll submit her, but I, th- I think Sarah will win this, this bout in, in, in grinding fashion. Alexis Davis has barely fought since the Rousey fight. She fought one time. She beat Sarah Kaufman in April of last year. Uh, Sarah McMahon has been, eh, I mean, kind of more active. She beat Jessica I earlier this year, but everybody beat Jessica I in that division. I knew you were going to say that. Oh my god, and they do. And I, I you know, I, Jessica I is a fine fighter. She's just not a one hundred and thirty-five pound fighter, unfortunately. Um, so Sarah McMahon. She got beat by Amanda Nunes, and that's okay because Amanda Nunes beats everybody. She lost to Misha Tate. Misha Tate was on a tear. That's okay. Um, But neither one of these women can either fight consistently or stay consistent. I still have McMahon winning this fight. I think the fact that she has been active will be a a big, big factor in this fight. Um, I'm interested to see, Joe – how these women perform in their mid-30s. Because we're just getting to that point at high-level women's MMA where we're seeing some of these women reach their mid-30s. And we're going to see how they perform. Like, will it be like a a lightweight situation where they go straight downhill? Will it be a, a, a men's heavyweight thing where they can stick around for, you know, you got people sticking around until 38, 39. You just don't know. It's it's still a young division, especially by UFC standards. So uh, that's something that really interests me about about this fight in particular. Just still got you? Oh, now we've lost Joe. Hot damn. Oh, well. We also have the return of Gray Maynard on the show. He faces Ryan Hall. We have Jorge Masvidal versus uh, Jake Ellenberger. That is going to be interesting because Jake Ellenberger was just fighting for his career. Just just moments ago was fighting – or not not moments ago. Months ago was fighting for his career. Um, and now he's facing uh, Jorge Masvidal. And more, Jorge Masvidal is a gamer, y'all. Like he is – he comes to throw down. Yeah, Google Hangouts sucks guys it's just it's the most convenient uh convenient method but it's not getting con- it's not convenient anymore so they need to pay us some pay us some money uh, joe says that he lost us can you all hear me or joe i'll ask that in the chat either way i'm going to keep talking we have bellator this weekend as well eduardo dantes Versus Joe Warren. Joe Warren seems like the Uriah Faber of uh, Bellator MMA. Like, he keeps getting title shots and title shots. It seems like it's been four or five, but it's really just been three. And he's won the title two of those times, I do believe. Uh, Dantes is a uh, familiar foe. Joe Warren beat him in 2014 uh, by unanimous decision, but... Gosh, you gotta wonder when's it gonna when's it when's it gonna give out? When's the body gonna give out on Joe Warren? He's forty years old. Uh, Dantes is uh, twenty seven. I think Dantes takes this fight, but yeah, I'm not gonna be surprised. I feel like every time I bet against Joe Warren, he ends up winning. So I, I can't I can't go that route. I can't 
I can't say with the same confidence that I'm putting on Benavidez Cejudo uh, that uh, that Eduardo Dantes will beat Joe Warren. And here's here's the crazy thing: Bellator put two cards back to back. They got one Friday night, one Saturday night. Why? Why do you need two cards? With with the, how thin these are now, that Friday show it has that has AJ McKee. He was supposed to fight Emmanuel Sanchez. That would have been a good scrap. Nobody knows who the hell Emmanuel Sanchez is. Uh, Galvo versus Elsie Davis. Chris Honeycutt is on the show. That's cool. Then Darian Caldwell, Joe Timanglo, John or Justin Lawrence, John Teixeira, and then a bunch of people, a bunch of fighters that people don't know. You could have combined that into one really good card. You didn't need to do two nights back-to-back in Thackerville, Oklahoma. Not to mention, right up the road in Tulsa, as I mentioned, Gerald Harris, I think he sold $10,000 worth of tickets in two days for the Legacy Show. Good luck, man. Darian Caldwell, Joe Timanglo, man. Darian Caldwell, I talked to him about this fight. He is all too excited to put the pain on Joe Timanglo. Timanglo showed up... uh, and landed a, a submission uh, and tapped out Caldwell nine seconds into the third round, and, and Caldwell said that it was a fluke. Uh, Caldwell said that he considers that fight like like pure luck. So he's going to have to win this fight if he wants to get back in the title picture. I'm a little surprised they didn't just go ahead and give Time Anglo the title fight. I mean, he's... They seem to really like Joe Time Anglo, and he's won four fights in a row in that division. Then they could have made the rematch for the title, but they they didn't. Instead, Joe Warren gets the title shot. And yeah, it's Bellator makes some real interesting decisions. They don't seem to care about their titles that much, but I think their titles could be used to build these people. Had Time Anglo won that belt, well, that's the thing. If 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 you're Caldwell. You, you want to fight Time Anglo immediately because you want to get back in that title picture, I guess. But, eesh, Bellator, you don't need to do fights back-to-back nights. Guys, we have Ring of Honor final battle coverage Friday. We have Bellator coverage that night. Uh, the next night, Ultimate Fighter 24 finale coverage, also Bellator coverage that night. Then Sunday, WWE TLC coverage. We will have a weekend podcast covering uh, the fights, and I'll talk about Ring of Honor final battle. Then on Sunday night, WWE TLC, I want to apologize to you guys for all the technical errors over the last 24 hours. My apologies. I'm going to get this sorted out. I'm going to raise some hell to Google. Somebody says, is that Sean Pick 20 years ago? I think it's like three years ago. I think three years ago. Maybe four. I don't know. I shaved back then. I don't anymore. But hey, there you go. Either way, guys, I want to thank you all so much for joining me. Sorry about the technical errors again. Follow along at Fightful.com. I appreciate every single one of you for for sticking around through this amazing heap of horse shit that you have been subjected to. Uh, Issa says, I look 12. Well, you know what? That's why I don't shave anymore. Because I look 12. Maybe I'll shave before... December 9. Hot damn, guys. Fightful.com. It's the place to be. All your wrestling, MMA, boxing news. I think we've got new domains as well. 
I think we've got like well, we uh, obviously we have fightful.com slash wrestling, fightful.com slash MMA, fightful.com slash boxing. But I'll let you in on those domains uh, pretty soon. Somebody says, still great reporting, thoughts, commenting. Thank you all so much, yeah, for, for all the kind words. I will make this up to you all very soon. I promise. Thank you guys so much. Until next time. I don't know. I need I need a sign-off. I need a sign-off. You all like to stay fresh earlier, so stay fresh, y'all. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.